Dr. Ray Mitch uh, with another edition of the Love You Later by podcast. I am your host and uh, general commentator and moderator and jack of all trades and master of none, as the phrase goes. Uh, it is good to be back in front of the mic again. I've taken about a two-week hiatus of uh, clearing my head and trying to get some uh, clarity just in preparation for uh, the train that's coming my way. I'm sure you probably have heard the phrase that you're standing in a tunnel and you see a light at the end of the tunnel and it ends up being a train and not, not the end of the tunnel. And sometimes that's how it feels going into a new semester. Uh, I don't know about you, but th- there's a lot about this that, that uh, I get this feeling of, oh goodness, here we go again. Uh, because it, I, it just seems like there are, there are new things that come up that remind us, again, we can live in this happy state of denial uh, by going about our business. And, and, you know, masks are not that, you know, um, intrusive that much. Uh, and, and we can kind of make believe that, that nothing is really going on until you, you start getting into school, for me at least, and my wife is in the same boat. She teaches uh, elementary school kids and learning specialists for them. And, and uh, today was the day that we just kind of got this cold shock of ice cold water that's, yeah, indeed, uh, nothing that much has changed a little bit, but, and so now all the logistics of trying to make school work and, and all those things are just a slap in the face of, um, we're facing again, some of the reminders of the things that we lost back in March. And I'm sure that's, that's how uh, a lot of people oftentimes feel. Uh, and that was really kind of the impetus for doing this podcast at all was to have, this ongoing conversation about life as we know it and, and the losses that we face along the way and, and various um, challenges, various opportunities that we might find in uh, living life and, and pursuing uh, our relationships and, and uh, even further pursuing our relationship with Jesus. And, and even if that's not the case, it's still relationships are still part of that. Um, and, and this whole thing with the coronavirus and all of that really has impacted how we do things, including, you know, Zoom calls and everything else. I, I just heard this not too long ago. Well, actually, t- not too long ago is this morning, which to me feels like an, uh, a long time ago. Um, and I, I was listening to this podcast about, you know, that was mentioning Zoom and uh, the narrator or the commentator made, made mention of the fact that, uh, you know, it's not often that a brand turns into a verb. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, think, for example, if you're going to make a copy, uh, a lot of times we'll say, uh, I'll do a Xerox of it. And that's a good example. It's a brand that's turned into a verb. And Zoom has done that as well. It, it, it's turned it from the brand to now I'm going to make a Zoom call or I'll Zoom you or whatever that might be. And, and so we're getting back into this kind of dance of challenges and everything else that probably needs to be more of a, a discussion at a later point in time. 
So we're we're starting back up again. I, I've been on hiatus, as I said. Um, if you haven't heard me before, this is uh, this is a podcast I put together uh, using the, the the phrase "Love you later, bye." Uh, it also has kind of a subtitle of the psych monologues because it is a monologue, except for today, which is, this is kind of exciting to me. Uh, one of the passions that I have uh, is introducing people to a, a very ancient practice as part of our faith, and that is silence and solitude. And when you go into scripture and you take a look at the times that Jesus spent with people, Oftentimes, those times with people were was punctuated by time alone and and silence and and obvious silence because he didn't have a cell phone or he didn't have things that would interrupt. He would go on to go to a mountain and pray and and you know we think I think in our own stereotypes of what prayer looks like, and I'm not sure it looked that way. I don't know. I wasn't there, but. But my hunch is, is that uh, Jesus had this ongoing uh, dialogue going with his father, and time was set aside to focus on that. But it was otherwise a conversational intimacy that he had going uh, with uh, his Abba. So, uh, but, so today's going to be a little bit different, and today and next week is going to be different because it's part of a two-part series that I'm, I'm put, I have put together. Uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, Brian Harden, who uh, is the founder of the Daily Audio Bible. I'll tell you a little bit about him in just a second. Uh, But I invited him to sit down and have a conversation about his experiences with a silent retreat. Brian joined uh, our retreats, the CCU retreats, uh, silent retreats, uh, uh, three different times. The fourth one was kind of blown up because of the, the coronavirus um, episode. Uh, and and he had never done it before. And I, I've been kind of mentioning it to him as he and I have talked and, and even grown in our friendship. And I said, you really ought to sh- try coming out sometime and uh, being a part of that. And so finally he took foot in hand and, and came and joined us. He had never done a silent retreat before, or the way that we have done, we do silent retreats, which is a little bit different. And I'll explain and kind of clarify some things based on this conversation. So he and I sat down for about an hour and 45 minutes or so, and just had this free-flowing conversation about the silent retreat and what his experiences were and what his expectations were and and observations he made and and other things that that he has come to understand. And and Brian has a wide, wide range of experiences. He has led, um, uh, what do I want to say, pilgrimages to the Holy Land multiple, multiple times. Uh, so he, he, is, he, he is very familiar with various writers from mystical traditions to evangelical traditions to a lot of areas. And, and I, I highly value his uh, thoughts and uh, conclusions and observations about silence. And I, w- I want you to have an opportunity to hear it as my audience, uh, <laughs> all 10 of you, to, to hear Brian's thoughts and, and, and reactions about the silent retreat. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Brian. I'm going to read a little bit of his bio so that you, you get kind of a, a sense of who he is. 
Um, he may be best known as the, the founder of the Daily Audio Bible, which really is a revolutionary scriptural, scripture podcast uh, downloaded nearly 40 million times. Uh, but Brian is truly a man of many hats. Uh, he, is, uh, uh, he has been a part of uh, the Christian music industry, introducing uh, or producing, I should say, for the legendary likes of Larry Norman to modern radio regulars like Joe Parr and, and Manic Drive, earning hundreds of album credits and a healthy collection of Grammy and Dove Award nominations. Along the way, he branched out into photography, landing everything from uh, music industry publicity shots to portraits and corporate portfolios alongside an eye for graphic design that found his work featured in Time, CCM, Christian Retailing, and uh, the Gaither Homecoming. So that's just a few of the things. I know Brian is a friend, and I I uh, reached out to Brian when he was first doing this Daily Audio Bible. I was uh, struggling to find my voice and trying to find some way uh, to talk about the things that were uh, uh, passionate for me. And so I reached out to him when, when I first heard him doing the Daily Audio Bible way, way back 15 years ago, which was just really the beginnings of any podcasting at all. And uh, he, he was uh, polite, getting you know an email from somebody he didn't know, and and encouraging, and and we kind of parted company, and we really didn't cross paths again until much much later, um, and I'm I'm not real sure how we got connected on that point, but eventually we did, and uh, I began to hear about the the his passion and his heart for people and reading scripture and having it intersect with our lives and and to be part of our lives and so forth so that's brian and like i said he has joined our our retreats on three different occasions and uh he, he had different experiences for each one and i made an attempt in in our interview to be able to to uh, let him speak that out for you and then whatever observations we had. So we're going to be joining this in progress. Uh, I, I didn't start it from the very beginning because we had some uh, other business to take care of, but we're going to start it up in, in process, progress. Um, and then I'm going to stop it at about 22, 23 minutes, and then we'll pick it up again next week uh, when, when we uh, publish it again. And you'll get to hear the rest of the story sounds very um, mysterious. Actually, it's an echo from a radio broadcaster from decades ago, which many people would never, uh, many of you who would be listening to this doing a podcast would not really recognize that. Anyway, all irrelevant. So um, so here we go, and I will uh, kind of bookend it after the, first, the 22, 23 minutes of it is done make some few observations and, and clarifications on some of the things that we talk about in there uh, and wrap it up. And then we will uh, do the second edition uh, for next week. So let's listen in. It sounds like you had had some experience before doing ours, right? Uh, I went to one silent retreat that wasn't really too silent. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I, I had been doing a lot of reading about the mystics of the Christian faith and 
silence yeah. and uh, and so practicing silence. I, I was practicing silence before I ever came to one of those, but that was my yeah. first real like guided yeah. uh, silent <laughs> retreat. Yeah. Yeah. So I just out of curiosity, because I mean, I my suspicion is we have a mixed audience out there. I think a lot of in one case, it, there are students who are listening in, who I've heard at least are listening in, um, that it's their kind of their thread back to CCU is is hearing hearing me rant and rave for however long. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but there are also adults that I know have been adults, whatever, uh, have been turned on to listening in about it. And, I, you know, I guess my curiosity starts with, you know, what was your motivation outside of maybe my harassment uh, <laughs> to do a silent retreat? I mean, I was motivated to explore what silence would do. Like, I, even though I had been to one retreat, it wasn't really, there was no preparation. It was just like, here we are, let's go be silent. And nobody mm -hmm. really did. And so, you know, everybody's walking around talking to each other and just kind of having more of a retreat than, than the work of silence. So I really just wanted mm -hmm. to experience experienced what would happen if I devoted myself to that time yeah. of actual silence. And I found out, you know, it's, there, there is work involved. It's not like you just mm -hmm. lay around bored. You, you could, <laughs> I guess. Um, but it's kind of pressing into the boredom and pressing into the uh, disruption that silence, mm -hmm. silence actually begins to speak, right? You know, it begins to do something to you. Yeah. And, I had heard rumors of that and I, I, I wanted to know. So that's what yeah. motivated me. So what, I, did you have any expectations going in? I know you've heard me say many times, we don't know we have expectations until they're not met. Um, but did you have any going in? I think that I expected if I have a couple of days uh, in a beautiful setting where nobody's going to call me and nobody's going to bother me, mm -hmm. then I will have some type of uh, supernatural or mystical experience with God that I will be able to uh, hear more clearly or uh, get more clear. Like I'll just have almost like a hotline mm -hmm. if I can just get into the right space and I just reasoned that the reason that I don't live in that space is because I'm too busy. Like everybody else is yeah. busy. The world is just a busy, busy place. And so maybe I can slow down and, you know, breathe or whatever for five minutes, but to have a couple of days mm -hmm. to just uh, press into that. I was expecting, you know, uh, Gabriel um, <laughs> to come tell me something, you know, uh, and, and, uh, you didn't find the right gazebo for that, Brian. <laughs> no, and I mean, I came out there and heard, uh, you know, other people testifying about their experiences and audible voices, and I'm like, okay, this is on. This is going to be great. And yeah, uh, uh, I get, you know, I didn't know that was an actual expectation. I really did think I was kind of coming into, uh, coming into it pretty wide, open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, but. But then you, you posed the question, and so I pressed into the question and realized, oh, I, what I'm expecting here is 
a deeper, clearer conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And what I got was that, um, but in no way, like I was, I thought it would be easy. Like, I'm just going to find some chill place. I'm going to be silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, some raccoon's going to come up with a note from God. Um, <laughs> or speak, right? Be this whole thing, you know. Um, yeah, and it was just very, diff- very different. Yeah. So you've, you've been three times with us, I think. Um, yeah. Three or four. So, I yeah, I lose track of it all. But I, I mean, how would you, you know, when you went back to describe to Jill what, what it was like, how did you describe them? Because I know each one was a little different, right? I mean, because of the kids and everything else. For sure, for sure. Yeah. The dynamic of the group, it, it sort of dictates a bunch of stuff because yeah. um, because your story gets intertwined. It gets, um, it's, it's funny how deeply close you can be or, or feel or sense uh, in, in each other when you're being really honest. Mm-hmm. And silence has a way of surfacing some of that and so my first experience you know I just really I I turned on my uh, Apple watch and I'm like I'm just gonna hike I'm just gonna walk and listen Mm -hmm. and um, you know I walked like seven miles within (laughs) the within the grounds that first day Um, and it really took me until the afternoon of the first day to stop trying to make Mm -hmm. something happen Mm -hmm. Uh, i just kept thinking you know i'm talking to god i'm talking to you lord like we're talking i'm pouring out my heart and i'm open and i'm looking and i'm listening and um it really took me i think about three quarters of one of the the days Mm. the first day to realize there is nothing that I should be doing but this Mm -hmm. and there is nowhere that I should be but here Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to be filling the world with words right now I need Mm -hmm. to be silent and I had committed to not actually talking out loud even in prayer and I realized how much I actually do talk to myself out loud (laughs) you know and uh, how much I do have kind of a bit of a running commentary that I may speak out loud without realizing it. I purposely did all the talking in my head. And so I was being silent, but I was striving. Like it felt like I need to do something. I'm not doing this right. And um, then I realized there's no way to do this wrong. Yeah. Um, This is, and and I realized, um, in, in an almost in an almost supernatural way, like God is speaking. Like if if you just listen mm-hmm. to what's happening around you, this isn't silent at all. Like 
it's roaring. Nature is mm-hmm. just speaking volumes. The birds are, it, I know that sounds kind of mystical and weird, yeah. but, <clears throat> and I don't, but, and it wasn't like that. I wasn't like, oh, I get it. It was just like, life is happening all around me and I am never paying attention to any of it. And it's natural and it's organic and it's uh, holistic and it's healing. And um, I'm just too busy plugged into the matrix. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's interesting how, how much of, of what you're describing is, is, you know, how we engage an activity like silence in the same way that we engage almost everything. So there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. There's a good way and a bad way to do it. And then, and we set up our expectations accordingly and whether or not we're hitting that mark and you had your epiphany a day and a half in to say, there is no wrong. Actually, once I got there, once I realized, uh, this is it, like, this is it. (laughs) And, um, and began to relax into that. Mm Uh, then you can go anywhere. Like, it's like what you say, like go where your heart wants to go. Like then you can go into a book if that's what you want to do, because you don't feel guilty that you're not like praying more. Like you just, you're, you're kind of being led. You're, Mm -hmm. you're being swept into something and realizing that the conversation, at least for me, the conversation with God is a bigger conversation Mm -hmm. than um, petitions and um, you know, hopes for well-being for those that I love and, uh, or, or even clear life direction or facing mm-hmm. problems or whatever. It's, it's a never ending conversation if we're willing. And it's like the only way to realize that is to get quiet. In fact, I, I was here with a contractor yesterday who was raised Catholic, but has been non-practicing since, mm-hmm. since childhood. And he was talking to Jill and um, he was commenting, he was like, I told my wife about you. He was speaking of Jill. I told my wife about you because you have such a, a faith that like, you actually believe God can speak to you. Mm-hmm. And so, so I walked up and he was like, how do you hear from God? And that was like, good morning. How are you doing today? <laughs> how do you hear? And um, I was like, I think you have to listen. For starters, like I think you have to get quiet enough to listen. Like I think that's where you start, mm-hmm. because then uh, I think you can realize God's speaking. He's speaking in any way you will listen. Yeah. And um, the retreats, all of them, even though they've had their different complexions, and even though I felt like I did get life direction and clarity from the Lord and everything. Um, I think a silent retreat allows you to begin to experience what intimacy with God might actually be. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of intimacy where you don't have to say something. Like not the uh, crazy dating kind of intimacy <laughs> where you just right. the, like silence is like going to be terrible. So let's just fill this whole thing up with, mm-hmm. with words. Kind of the comfortable uh, sense that you get with somebody that you know and love and yeah. If you want to talk, you talk, and if you, it's not uncomfortable to not talk. Mm-hmm. And just to realize all of this, all of this is such a gift. And yeah. 
I've, I've experienced that every single time. Mm. You know, it, it's fascinating in, in light of what, what you've been reading in first Corinthians <clears throat> and it makes you wonder, I think, and I was thinking this while I was listening and on my bike this morning is, is that something of what the mind of Christ is like? Um, because I, the, and then it cross referenced in my mind, which is pretty common, unfortunately, but in Luke seven and eight and thereabouts, Jesus is praying and interrupts his prayer to talk to his disciples. And it's like, we would never do that. It's like, stop, I'm praying. I got to get this done. And it's like that dynamic interplay of, I'm in God's presence. I am experiencing him on an ongoing basis. So it's just, you know, it's like stepping out of the stream, so to speak, and then stepping back into it or, you know, something like that. But I, I was thinking about what you were reading in first Corinthians. And it's like Paul being kind of scandalized in his own way of these people saying, I'm with this person or this other person. And he said, wait a minute, you're missing the point entirely. <clears throat> Yeah, so I think uh, like a, a per, an author like John Eldridge would say, w- would coin what you're saying, conversational intimacy. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. As far as the mind of Christ, I think more than one mystic that I've read talks about like that's that's the thing, the mind of like getting quiet enough for the mind of Christ to open in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's mystical language. So what does that mean practically? <laughs> but um, but sometimes there's no way to, use, there's not words for what we're describing. And I think that is part of, at least for me in my experience, a silent retreat. I can't just come home and tell Jill what I did. Sure. It, it's, uh, I, I try, mm-hmm. But it does, you know, when you say it, it's like, well, I walked around and it was beautiful <laughs> and I was quiet and I saw a deer. And, but the things that are going on inside Oteric here, it's just there is a rejuvenation and a healing mm-hmm. and a clarity and a calming and an appreciation that leads to worship that's not that's wordless because mm-hmm. you're comfortable like with God in the moment. Yeah. And so it's hard to articulate some of those things if you're looking for them and they, they sound, yeah. It's, I mean, you start talking mystic and you, you, you can't, uh, the, the words start, the language fails. All of those things though have been my experience out there. Yeah, I mean, I, inevitably, I think it seems like people that would listen to that, I, it, and there are two things that strike me from what you said. One is, you know, you, you speak in terms of being versus doing. We had a lot of that conversation in the group, um, and and it's like, how do I, how do I be? <laughs> and so I mix those two things together. What am I supposed to do to be, 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 me? Um, so, and and I think ultimately, unfortunately, people will just simply discredit that they could ever experience anything like that because of how we're describing it, even like the kind of mystical, esoteric kind of thing. 
And yet, you know, I, I think what you said is pretty powerful that once I figured out that I, I didn't have anything to do, I just simply had to lean in here and exist within it. I think that takes us to a place where I always resist when people say, so you spent the whole weekend quiet. And I said, no, I spent the whole weekend in silence. There's a difference. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and I, you know, I can't help but think, you know, in terms of what you're describing that same way, you know, it, I'm, I'm sure my wife's just getting back from her silent retreat. And, and they're, they're like you said, it's like words beggar the, the, the experience a person has. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's borne out in the group conversation at night. You know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that, that ends up being talked about or discussed that may not have been part of that person's day, mm -hmm. but that person's day opened them up enough to talk about those things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, the day in silence surfaces things that you might need to say or articulate yeah. that yeah. you would have had an easier time suppressing if you just kept busy mm -hmm. and distracted if that makes sense. And I just realized it's not, it is about being, but that doesn't mean it's not about doing. No. It's just the difference between having to do something right. and not doing what you're swept into. Yep. Um, yep. A permission is there instead of an obligation. Mm -hmm. And uh, that makes a big difference. To me yeah i think i think just just for clarification because i'm sure there there may be some people that are wondering so what does a group conversation have to do with silent mm -hmm. retreat and and you know i and i think you i explained that to you when we were talking that this is this is i think one of the more unique features of what we try to do with a silent retreat is in a sense experience silence and solitude in community which right. doesn't it doesn't make sense you know and yet I think like we were talking about with the mind of Christ and what Jesus experienced, even as he prayed to the father, he, there was always this straddling worlds of relationship and then the silence and solitude piece, which, you know, Merton and others probably would say that's exactly where he got the energy to do the things that he did with people was from that silence doesn't separate us of anything. It connects us even more profoundly. Um, I think what you just said is profound because that's yeah. profoundly true. Silence before God is not a disconnection from God. Mm -hmm. Like it's a much deeper connection to God because you are, uh, tr uh, you are trying to set, how do I put this? Your mind isn't the controlling agent here. When you're, when you're silent, you're not just formulating the next sentence. You're able to listen. And that is what a conversation is. And so, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, my words are failing because <laughs> it's hard to, like, you have to do it. Um, yeah. You can't just talk about it. But there is an intimacy in silence that is much more in intimate than um 
than a boisterous conversation. Yeah, I don't. It's. Uh, I think you could probably call it the the silence is intrusive. It ends up being mm-hmm. kind of an intrusive intimacy almost. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, looking back, uh, you know, what two, two or three or however many, you know, um, insights or observations would you say stand out from having done done it now three or four times? Uh, well, the the first time was obviously the maiden voyage, and so everything was new, and uh, you know, I kind of came back going. I need to do that every other week. Um, <laughs> you, know, that, you know, time doesn't allow for that all, a lot. But the, the second and third uh, times that I've been out there, I knew kind of I already had, had an awareness. So I didn't need to spend three quarters of one day just uh, to figure out what was going on. Although I will, I will say it takes probably at least a half a day every time I go out there to just reacquaint myself with the silence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy how distracted we are, like truly crazy yeah. how distracted we live. And, and that doesn't mean that we're not present to what we're doing. It's just, uh, it's crazy how much of life we're missing. Um, just running for, uh, for no real good reason. <laughs> and I, I really learned like, okay, silence is something you have to arrange for, but anybody, anywhere can do this if they want, like if that's, if it matters enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're wasting so much time just filling our heads with content. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing how silence can clear the clutter and yeah. how quickly it can clear the clutter and um, how crystal clear things can become if, if you're just available. So though that, that's kind of not a thing, it's more of a posture, but that's something that coming out to the retreats has for sure given me. And it's a practice that I, that I continue like, and it doesn't have to be for days. You can get silence for f- 15 minutes and find like your whole day has changed. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, Brian, for your input. I appreciate it. Uh, there are a couple things that I would underscore for uh, my listeners, and 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 one thing is is the idea that that uh, you know silence is inhabited. It, it, Brian used the phrase; it, it actually is roaring, and and the challenge of silence and solitude, and why oftentimes we spend a lot of our effort avoiding it is because of that very thing. I think I, I made mention of the fact that, that there's something about silence that is very intrusive. And it opens a space for us to start to listen instead of constantly feeling, feeling, f- filling it with noise of our own making oftentimes or distractions of our own making. So there is so much more I invite you to join me for the second part of uh, this interview. It will uh, go online and live. We'll drop it on on the uh, 19th of August. Um, and in closing, just a couple reminders. Please be sure to uh, subscribe on the website if you'd like to get updates about the silent retreat, about other uh, uh 
developments within the website or other things that I am doing. I've got a couple speaking engagements coming up here soon that that uh, no doubt will show up on the website as well. And if you're interested in listening into those, uh, I have I am going to be speaking, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise at the senior uh, retreat this fall. I've been asked to talk a little bit about how does one lose one's faith or deal with doubt. And I will take some time to look at that. And then the second thing, which I'm um, a little uh, scared of and at the same time excited for, is I've been invited to speak for CCU President's Lecture Series about survival or thriving in the midst of a global pandemic. And there's a lot to talk about there and a lot to unpack. And again, it's something that I uh, look forward to with some measure of trepidation and at the same time uh, with some op- uh, sense of opportunity just to speak into uh, the conversation and dialogue around that subject. So a couple of things that are coming up, events that if you're interested, if you subscribe on the website, you hit the website up in the right-hand corner, there's a subscription box. And then if there's any uh, additional podcasts that get released, which they will every week, uh, then you'll be notified of that as well. Or the other alternative is to subscribe on Podbean, uh, raymitch.podbean.com. Uh, and uh, if, if you're not familiar with my last name, it's M-I-T-S-C-H, so raymitch.podbean.com. They have a player that you can download on any mobile device uh, so that you can be notified and subscribe that way. And one last thing that I would needed to mention in light of the fact that we were talking about silence and solitude. Um, if the things that we've been talking about uh, have resonated for you or uh, interest you, I would invite you to uh, sponsor a CCU student being able to go to one of our silent retreats. Um, it is uh, on the website, the uh, pull down menu or drop down menu for CCU. And on there, you will find it, it uh, the CCU silent retreats. And there is a GoFundMe page for uh, people that are interested in helping us to fund these retreats for CCU students. It is not, it is not cheap to go. Uh, and uh, there is some uh, effort to uh, support and make it possible for CCU students to go. But at the same time, having uh, generous folks like yourselves that might be willing to, to help out, that would be immensely uh, appreciated by students who really just don't have the, the income because they're working and going to school and everything else to be able to go to one of these retreats. So I would invite you. Uh, to uh, go to the GoFundMe page on that website and and, uh, give whatever you can. It would be uh, greatly appreciated. I think that covers everything. Subscriptions, the silent retreats, uh, and funding for the silent retreats and partnering with us to send a CCU student to go. Uh, If you're interested, uh, it it is uh, to send one student is uh, $330. I know that's a steep amount. Any amount will help us in our efforts to fund these things for a couple of years and be able to do that uh, in some kind of sustainable sort of way. So uh, I think that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. 
I am Dr. Ray Mitch. Love you. Later. Bye.